house of the Lord. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. If you don't agree with that, say oh me. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, uh, I've consolidated our, uh, our, our songs for this morning because I know we'll be back this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Remember our installation service? Hey, we've got uh, uh, the COVID going around again this morning, and uh, so we're missing some people. And uh, just wanted to let you know, but we're going to enter in, into a time of uh, worship this morning. I'm so glad that you're here. Good to see our worldwide travelers, Carvin and Sandy here. Sandy's here. And uh, I'm glad that you're here. Hey, we're going we're gonna to sing these songs one after another this morning, okay? And if you don't feel comfortable standing up, you can just sit down, but please sing. So I'm going to invite you at this time to uh, stand, and, and uh, we're going to start off with Praise Him, Praise Him. Just follow along. Lord, let my 
My soul is resting. Is your soul resting this morning? My soul is resting on the word, the living word of God. Salvation in my Savior's name. Salvation through his blood. I need no other argument. I need no See my tie. <laughs> Going to read, uh, share with you this morning from James chapter five, verse thirteen through sixteen. I'll be reading from the New American Standard uh, translation. James five, starting with verse thirteen. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. 
Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. As we pray this morning, let's remember our special request that is in our uh, worship uh, order today. Let's also remember uh, Barb and Kathy and their families has got COVID and uh, there's some others that are sick amongst us. Remember, continue. Remember, Jean, thank you for Pat being here this morning. And uh, good to have Carvin and Sandy back, as I said. Uh, remember our installation service today, this afternoon at, at uh, 4 o'clock. Uh, we'll have some several visitors here, I think. And uh, remember our time together, that it would be a time, that sacred time, and a time that would be pleasing to the Lord. Remember next week also is our singing at the guest house next week. So you singers, get your voices tuned up. And uh, that's always a blessing to those at the guest house and they appreciate us so much and we enjoy doing it. So please remember that. Let's pray this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, come together and to fellowship this way this morning. We thank you for the goodness of life that you have brought our way, for the blessings. Thank you for our church. We thank you for our families. We thank you, Lord, for each individual because they are special to you. And Lord, I just uh, ask this morning that you would inhabit the praises from our hearts this morning as we've sang testimonies of your goodness. And Lord, that you would always remind us, Lord, of the sacrifice that you gave us so many years ago through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that has empowers us and empowers the church. We thank you, Lord, Father, for the work of the church and the labors that she does and the ministries that, Lord, they're involved in. I pray this morning that you would just uh, minister to those that are in need here this morning. Undoubtedly, there are those that maybe even feel a little under the weather. And I pray that you would just touch the bodies in the name of Jesus. Those that are absent from our midst this morning, we lift them up and ask, Lord, that the presence of God would, would uh, visit them right where they're at. Most of all, we thank you for these moments that we can come and worship you. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. This next song that we're going to uh, is a chorus. I know it's new. Uh, most of you probably never heard it. This has uh, been a very special song to me, and that's why I, I put it in this morning. It's entitled, He is Able. And the, the first time I heard this was back in the eight, 1980s. That's been a long time ago, hadn't it? When Promise Keepers was very prevalent. 
And, uh, and I went to several of those. And this was a song that was sang by Maranatha just about every service. And it always just rings in my ears because it reminds me of God's, God's promises and God's potential to bless us and to use us. And it's entitled, He is Able More Than Able. We're going to sing it. We're going to sing it through a couple times. Would you join me? And you can just remain seated as you wish this morning. Thank you, choir. Bryce has got his preaching clothes on today. Maybe he should preach, you suppose? Thank you for your faithfulness to the body of Christ this morning. I know it's a dark and dreary day and it's hot and humid and it's going to be a busy day. Remember the installation service is at what time? Four o'clock. I just want to make sure. What time? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Okay. And I uh, just wanted to remind you that and I look forward to having you. This is a, a special time for the church as well as for the pastor. I've been here six months and I, I told Ray, uh, Pastor Ray, I said, don't you think I've already passed probation? And he says, he thinks I have. So, but we're anyhow going to uh, be sharing in our installing me formally as a, it's your pastor this afternoon at four o'clock. This morning I uh, wanted to uh, ask you a question. 
as we look around in church, and sometimes it can be discouraging when we see empty pews. But I ask you a question this morning as God asked Jeremiah in Ezekiel chapter 37, do you think there's any chance of these bones living and coming alive? I, 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 I didn't hear you very much. I, I, I saw your nods, but I didn't hear you. You know, sometimes there's times in our life that uh, we wonder if there's any hope. And so I asked the question this morning, can these bones live? Amen. Amen. They can. Let me give you a little history as I, of our scripture this morning before I read it. From early youth, Ezekiel had been educated and trained to be a priest in the kingdom of Judah. But his hopes had been dashed by King Nebuchadnezzar's invasion, taking Ezekiel and the young Jews captive into Babylon. And when Ezekiel was 30 years old, he began to experience visions from God. And perhaps in a personal diary, he recorded the exact date on which the first vision occurred. Ezekiel chapter 1 says, It came to pass in the 30th year of Ezekiel's life, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. I want you to wrap your arms and your mind around that thought this morning. Ezekiel was in captivity. It seemed no hope. But as he sought the Lord, he began to see visions of God. Now, Ezekiel initially reacted just like the prophet Daniel and the apostles Paul and John did later. He says, so when I saw it, the visions, I fell on my face and I heard a voice of God speaking. And he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. And he said to me, son of man, I'm sending you to the children of Israel. This is what God told Ezekiel as he began his ministry even in, in, ba in, 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 in uh, Babylon at a time of captivity. Ezekiel chapter 1, God gave Ezekiel a great mission to accomplish he had important announcements to make. And I believe as we read this scripture this morning, God's got some important announcements to make to us. He's got some visions for us to see. It's important to understand that the kingdoms of Israel and Judah had separated after King Solomon's death and the people of the kingdom of Israel had already gone into captivity at the hands of the Assyrians during the latter part of the 8th century. By the time Ezekiel's prophecy began, some of the inhabitants of the kingdom of Judah were likewise already in captivity. 
first by the Assyrians and then the Babylonians, with most of the rest soon to follow as a result of later Babylonian invasions. Now God continued in to work in Ezekiel's life. He says to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. What God is saying, the Lord is saying to, to, to Jeremiah, I got a message for you and I want you to prepare it and give it to the uh, children of Israel. Now, the reason I came up with this message this morning, can these bones live? Because I thought it would be a good trailer for, to attach to what we will share this afternoon in in our installation service, because I want to know, I want to tell you that God has brought me here to this place to deliver some messages for you and for me. And I want to offer you hope. And I want to say, as God asks us this question, can these bones live here at Cypress Street? I believe they can and they will rise up an astonishing great army. Do you know our God speaks to a rebellious people who have rarely been inclined to take his warning messages seriously? Their descendants down through time have most often chosen to remain in the depths of idolatry and Sabbath breaking. Two sins against God that Ezekiel emphasized in his writings. Tragically, these two trends of idolatry and breaking God's law continue unabated today. And in our society, we are confronted with a great challenge, even here in our church, of what lies out these doors. That the world is still full of idolatry today and breaking God's laws and God's word. Now, as this was going on among the Israeli people, Ezekiel continued to have visions. This one in the 37th chapter speaks directly to the desperate plight of Israel. And if we listen closely today, it's right where we live today. Read with me Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1. And I, I'm gonna, I got verse 1 and 12, and I'm going to add verse 14 also. It says this, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. And it was full of bones. You ever feel like God set you in the middle of a valley? And everything around it seems to be dead. Let's go on. He had me pass among them all and around them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Lord God, you yourself know. Again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. Behold, I'm going to make breath enter you so that you may come to life. 
and I will attach tendons to you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you so that you may come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel picks up in verse 7, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a loud noise, and behold a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone, and I looked, and behold tendons were on them, and, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy, to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, the Lord God says this, come from the four winds, breath, and breathe on these slain so that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And he said to me, son of man, these bones are the entire house of Cypress Street. See, we're in there. Behold, our bones are dried up. Our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore, to Dan, prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord says. Behold, I'm going to open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And then I want to add verse 14. And I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. There's nothing, nothing greater than knowing that the hand of the Lord is upon your life. So it was at the time of Ezekiel. He said, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. I pray each Sunday morning. I go and I hibernate in my office every Sunday morning just a little bit and to spend time with just me and the Lord. And I say, Lord, would you just empty me and place your hand on me once again and that you will allow your word to be conveyed and understood by your people. I'm thankful for the spirit of the Lord, aren't you? But he set me here in West Monroe, in this world, in the midst of a valley. You ever feel like you've been put in a valley? Now the valley is a place where we have despair and we find sometimes we're discouraged. Nothing's going right except for Murphy's Law. And, 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 and we, we, we seemingly lost hope. Is there any hope? And sometimes we just want to give up and we want to walk out these doors and we never want to return. Well, that's the way the Hebrew people felt. And he sets Ezekiel in the midst of a valley full of bones. And he said, son of man, can these bones live? That's the question that I ask you this morning. Can these bones here at Cypress Street can we be reinvigorated? Can we be re-energized? 
Can we be filled with the Spirit once again? The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. And He has anointed us to go and to share the good news of Jesus Christ to each and every one we come into contact with. It's remarkable that in these hot days of, that we have just gone through, I told Lynn, I said, it's just too hot to cook in the house. And so we a lot ate out a lot this summer in the heat because I didn't want her to heat the house up. We have enough heat with, between her and me, hot air. And uh, so we would go out and, and uh, we would uh, eat. And it was remarkable. You come across some of these waitresses and they, they come up, a waitress or waiter, let me, you don't want to discriminate there. And they sometimes would, you know, hey, let's hurry up and take your order. But you start to talk to them a little bit and they start to laugh and they think, I think they think I'm crazy. And I start just picking different things out. And before long, they'll start joining in the conversation. And my kids all make fun of me. They said, Dad, would you just shut up and give them your order? But I think we, as people, we have to, we have to rub shoulders with those that we want to give good news to. And, and I think it's important that everyone that we come into contact with they know whose we are and whose we belong to. And those waitresses, waiter, they usually laugh when I tell them, hey, I'm a pastor down here at Cypress Street. Cypress Street. I'll get one of these right by this afternoon. Cypress Street. And uh, now they offer me a discount when I come in. I like that. And uh, they say, hey, uh, you know, just tell us. We know who you are. Just come in and remind them. Remind them that you get a 10% discount. Oh, that's great. But we're put under here, we're put in this world in the midst of a bunch of dry bones. People that have turned off from God. That don't acknowledge God. And I want to tell you, if God is not present in our midst, they're dead. This, Paul says we're dead in our trespasses. So we need God's intervention in the midst of these dry bones. And we ask this morning, can these bones live? Other impossibilities in your life, perhaps that you've ignored or put off indefinitely. Perhaps it's a marriage, a, a broken relationship, a job, financial difficulties, a sickness, and there seems to be no way out. And perhaps frustration sets in, and we seem to settle for less than what God desires from our life. A loss of God's joy. Has there been times in your life that you have simply lost God's joy? You've lost his peace. There seems to be spirits at war within your heart and your soul. God has a call for us as he had a call for Ezekiel. There are many issues that we are involved in. And many times I get this answer when I ask about these issues. Hey, what's going on, pastor? It's complicated. You ever said that? A lot of our issues are very complicated, aren't they? Depending upon the challenges that we face, the old cliche should be that the Lord didn't bring us this far 
to see us fail, though, did he? Our God in this time, of, time in, in life must not be underestimated. He asked the patriarch Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? Centuries later, he poses the same question to the prophet Ezekiel. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Excuse me, that was Jeremiah. And today he challenges us in asking this, the question, can these bones live? Ezekiel's vision continues. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Listen, this is what God is speaking. Surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Ezekiel says, so I prophesied. Just as he commanded me, and breath came into these bones, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. God then summarizes what he's just described in detail. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come down from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel that you shall know that I am the Lord. The closing verse of this vision reveals why God, who never does anything without purpose, has just resurrected all these people. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. Challenge you this morning that God desires to put his spirit amongst us this morning. Ezekiel gazed in amazement as flesh and muscle began to be formed. Finally, life was breathed into them. And God was picturing for the prophet in a very graphic way that he can also do the same thing to anything that's dead. There would be a resurrection of the dead. Now I ask you, how long has it been since God has given you personally a vision of his call on your life? Sometimes we go through life and we don't know what God's called us or where, where God's called us, what direction to go and who to be and how to act. I, I looked up in my John Maxwell book and it said, a vision is this, the ability or God-given gift to see those things which are not as becoming reality. Do you see some things that you cannot visualize today? God wants to give us vision of becoming, that becoming a reality in his plan. It's a unique picture of what God wants to do in the future through you in light of who you are and who he is. Hebrews says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. I want you to think in your wildest imagination today. What is something that I really feel like is good and I want to see it take place because I think God's called that to happen in my life. And visualize what God wants to do in your life. What he wants to do in my life. 
what he wants to do in our congregation, how he wants to bring the bones together, and how he does not only put the bones together, but he puts the sinews, the muscle upon them, and tendons on them, and then how he wants to breathe the breath of life amongst us once again. Proverbs 29 says, without vision, people perish. Vision being that which is hoped for, evidence of things not seen. No direction, no hope. With a vision, people, not only do they tackle the impossible, but they accomplish it. They thrive. Without a vision, little worthwhile is ever attempted. But get a vision of what God can do with your faithfulness. I wonder how long it has been since we have spoke to our opportunities that lies at our doorstep. Do we speak life into life surprises? You know, Proverbs even talks about the power of the tongue. We have the power to curse or bless situations in our life. Things that we think are impossible, are we blessing them or are we cursing them? There's power in the tongue and what we confess. And one speaks that which he believes in his heart. Speak to the barriers of life. Then know that victory comes from Jesus who makes all things possible. How long has it been since we experienced the Spirit of God filling our hearts and our lives? Acts chapter 2. Let us never forget that Acts chapter 2 is not just for the early church, but it is for us today. On the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came to the church, there was a promise given in Joel, and it is recorded in Acts chapter 2 that says, Your young men shall see visions. Now, I don't know how many young men that we have here, but if you want to be young, you can tell me you're seeing visions again. That'll make me feel so much better. But it says, not only will the young men see visions, but our old men shall dream dreams. What dreams do we have as a congregation? And in this portion of scripture, it tells us how to receive our vision. Verse 7 says that we should concentrate on the word. Concentrate on the word. Verse 9 says that we should prophesy to the breath. Speak breath into that which is dead. Verse 12 tells us that we need to prophesy or speak to the bones. Verse 14, know that your dream, your vision is from the Lord and not something that we conjure up. There are three types of people in the church. Don't take this personally, but it's true. There are three types of people in the church. Does anybody know what a parasite is? A parasite is 
those that are constantly living off of other people's relationship with God. Our relationship with God depends on somebody else's. We say somebody else doing something that causes them to fall, we very quickly perhaps will fall. It causes disease, it causes sickness, it causes even spiritual death to those affected. They infect us with fear, hopelessness, and discouragement. So we have the parasites living off somebody else's relationship. Then we got the sheep. Listen to the sheep. Sheep are followers. They never have a good idea. They don't exercise their gifts. There is no excitement or zeal, but they are very much affected by the spiritual parasites. They are susceptible to discouragement and damage to the spiritual growth of God's people. Sheep are followers. Listen, uh, when I talk about parasites, you know where a, par a parasite is that which uh, we consider like lice or tapeworms or ticks or sugars or fleas or mites and so on and so forth. But parasites have the most common hangout. Now, if you go out on the farm, some of you are farmers, you're familiar with this. When you have cattle on a farm, you sometimes find a field full of dung. Cow patties is what we used to call them. It's called manure. Up north, we have what we call manure spreaders. I don't know if you've got them down here, but they're used to fertilize the field. When you have some cattle out in the field that has a lot of cow patties and a lot of dung, is that when a cow comes to a cow patty, they continue to graze, but they eat around the dung. On the other hand, if we watch sheep in their grazing pasture, they don't know the difference in dung or grass, and because of the parasites that infest the drug, the, the dung, the sheep can get gravely sick or ill. Now, isn't it amazing that Jesus refers to us as sheep that constantly need to be led to greener pastures? Well, the third group of people that we find in the church is shepherds. Shepherds are leaders, visionaries, dreamers that offer hope for the future, encouragement for the faint-hearted, and know where the greener pastures are found. They're alert to God's spirit, open for wisdom, and operate in the spirit world. They are aware of the enemy, where he hides and where he deceives. Shepherds and leaders are found in the presence of God and listening to his voice. Now, which one would you allow us to be? Will we be an exceedingly great army who will rise up and provide the leadership that our congregation needs at this time? Can we look on the fields and see that they are white and ready for the harvest? 
or will we continue to buy our time and live out the good life, but in the end find ourselves in captivity and dead? I am a great a fan of a speech, speaker by the name of John Maxwell. I've been to several of his events, some of his teachings, his leadership gifts, and he gives us four things on how to come out of the grave and how to see the bones come together. It is very simple. And I'll end with this this morning. Can you believe that? Amen. Yeah, I got you. So you're still with me? Okay. First of all, he says, you've got to get up to go up. You got to take this personally that I want to respond to God and say yes to God when he says, I want to take you. I want you to, I want to show you opportunities. I, I want you to see what's possible with me. Everything that is worthwhile takes effort and God's people's got to get up. And we've got to be counted. And we've got to be the leaders that God's called us to be. The second thing he says, if we're going to bring the bones back to life, we've got to grow up to go up. We can't let small, incidental things get in the way of, the, of the, the important. Charles Swindoll says, sometimes we let the urgent get in the way of the important. And so it is. Sometimes we drop everything when we see something very urgent. But we forget the important things. We have a lot of urgencies in life. But we got even more important things that we need to do. There are urgent things that need to take place in the church, but I say that there are more important things that need to take place in the life of the church. God's people need to come, come together and utilize their gifts to bring those bones back to life. Number three, we have to give up to go up. Maxwell says mountain climbers travel light what baggage is holding us back? What's really, when we come to analyze everything, what is keeping us from being a great church? This church is a very loving church. Very forgiving church. Non-judgmental church. But sometimes we get these things uh, I, 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 tied up within us that we won't let loose and it, it does not allow the Holy Spirit to have the freedom to do in our life what we need to do. I appreciate so much the music team we got here. Because I, 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 I came here last week and I just said, okay, if I'm going to lead, we're going to do it my way. And they just flowed with the Spirit. We had a good service last week, didn't we? And I stepped up this morning. I said, hey, we're going to do, we're going to make this a little bit shorter. We're going to have a different format today. And they just rolled with the punches. And they did a good job. We all did a good job, didn't we? Sometimes we want to say, hey, we've never done that before. And it hinders 
are being used by the Spirit of God. You, you, you kind of get my drift? We kind of got these things. As, can I use this phrase, if you'll forgive me? This was used a lot of times, has been told me. We get our panties in a wad. And it hinders the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's time to be, to hear the Spirit of God breathing into us rather than us hearing our own voices speak. And we got to give up. We got to grow up. We got to grow up and move to the important things that God's called us to do. Mountain climbers travel light. We want success, but we don't want to pay for it. A person will have to sacrifice in order to complete his journey. And then lastly, you have to gather up to go up. That we cannot climb the mountain alone. We cannot bring those bones back alive on our own. One person in this congregation, even the pastor, is too small to accomplish great things. We need some good teamwork, making the dream, making the bones come together. We should surround ourselves with people who will help us accomplish our journey. For the closest people around us will determine our success. Can these bones live this morning? Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Lord, help us see the vision. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing? Oh. Uh -huh.
Thank you for enduring me. Uh, my sugar dropped right here at the last. <laughs> um, I, I, I share this message because I, I want us to see hope in our congregation and the potential when we come together and do God's will and allow ourselves to proclaim and to breathe in the spirit of the living God. And may we be melted down and remolded and filled once again so that God can use us. And I hope your prayer would be, spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Remind you of our installation service at four o'clock this afternoon. I look forward to hopefully seeing you as we come together. May God bless you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and give you rest and peace all the days of your life. Thank you. God bless.